recording now. So, welcome so. to episode. Gosh, we don't seven, even know. Eight, we've done a lot. Like, done some episodes. Like yeah, this is what we're talking uh, about. It's ten at least. We're talking it's, about it's, episodes two, four, and two five, which is Laura's secret diary and the orchid's curse. Yeah, The Orchid's Curse is like a very noir title. Made me think of like the Maltese Falcon right away, which love that title. Um, So let's just dive in right away to Laura's Secret Diary. Has my favorite beginning of a Twin Peaks episode, which is a very, very tight close up of something we don't know what it is. And it's a zoom out of a circular. It ends up that it's just the like ceiling at the sheriff's department, and they're interrogating Leland. It looks like a wormhole, basically. Yeah, Yeah. I thought one thing. Sorry. Yeah. I thought it was like the receiver of a telephone at first, because you also hear like a noise that sounds like a phone. Mm -hmm. Was it a phone? It was a scream. So there's like a scream, and there's this like weird sound. I take it to mean like when you're so close to something it becomes distorted and like that scene is a just awesome scene of like very very heightened emotions Leland I is being interrogated about the murder of Jacques Renault and I think the actor who plays Leland does an amazing job because it would be a very easy scene to like go way over the top yeah. and he doesn't at all I don't think like even he's in very the, despite past episodes where he does go over the line and is overboard in his acting, but here he's like, have you ever experienced absolute loss? Right. (laughs) And Harry is really good about, like, not even wanting to ask the question. Like, he's like, did you go to the hospital? Did you murder Jacques? <laughs> like he's like Leland, I'm gonna feed it to you slow here, so you lie to me. Right. But Leland doesn't do it, and yes, it's, it's interesting. Yes, it's a scene where, for the first time, you kind of see Cooper's separation from the town because inexplicably Doc Hayward is there. Because why? Right. Why is the Doc here? And Doc Hayward <laughs> and Harry are both like can't believe we're even doing this to Leland. And Cooper kind of does jump in and say, do you condone murder? Like, yes. this should be happening. Do, yeah, do you agree with murder, Doc? Right. Hayward, like... Doc does not approve of murder, per my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a very dark... But he was scolded. He was scolded, he was scolded. by Cooper. I'm just going to jump ahead on a legal tangent to the judge... Uh, I know it's the Sternwood. Next Judge Sternwood. My favorite monologue by far in the series so far. When he's so giving good. like the speech about like why there's like the place of the rule of law in the lives of humanity. I thought it was it's like actually really eloquently written and uh, yeah. yeah, like very true. Like he talks about how like law is here to give us guidance in tough times and yeah, uh, it was you know, a you good to, description of law. You yeah, know. we all have our roles to play, but before we do, you have to let me just yourself say, to the procedure. And yeah. The, the, yeah, Judge Sternwood raise a glass in Valhalla, in Valhalla. and yeah. Leland says, "Would that it were so." It's very poetic and heightened. So Judge Sternwood and Sid, the law clerk who comes with John, Judge Sternwood. Um, come through town to do essentially the judging for Leland's bail hearing, Leo's competency hearing, which are both held in the Bang Bang Bar Room. And so fact that we found out this week through our research, Twin Peaks was supposed to be a population of 5,000, and the network decided that viewers couldn't relate to that small of a population so they made it 51,000 and we've all been discussing how like it really does feel more like a population of 5,000 right because 51,000 is a large municipality right it has enough people to have a court system to have a judge that at least in the county Yeah. yeah kind of the through line in these two episodes is like people coming through town and viewing Twin Peaks because we've got we established that the judge and the prosecutor Daryl Ludwig are coming through town and then also this mysterious critic M.T. Wentz is coming through town which we haven't met M.T. Wentz yet <laughs> but um, it's interesting I think in these two episodes to get outsider perspectives of Twin Peaks 
Mm-hmm. And I love Judge Sternwood when he comes in is like, you know, how are you finding our town, Cooper? And Cooper's like, it's a small, it's a thin slice of heaven. And then he says something like, well, this week, heaven includes double homicide, like... Uh, arson. Arson. Yeah, Robert, I don't know, whatever Attempt against says. an FBI yeah. agent's life. Yeah. So it is highlighting, like, we're... Even though all of Twin Peaks is about, like, this murder, we still are kind of on Cooper's side of seeing this, yeah. like, idyllic small town setting. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. I like having Judge Sternwood. He's another outsider who sees, like, this really nice small town. I gotta say, I was pretty sick of Twin Peaks up until this episode, <laughs> viewing, like, just wasn't doing it for me anymore. I was like, I don't care about this story, uh-huh. all this overacting and soap opera-ness. But uh, <laughs> these two episodes are actually, like, the right kind of cheesy, where I yeah. came back in. I know, and there's some great B-plot stuff. I love um, Andy and his oligospermia. So right after the first <laughs> scene in 2-4, with this awesome intense scene with Leland being kind of um, persecuted, and he does, Leland says, you know, he's not going to, rep- he's going to represent himself. He admits to the murder. And then we cut to Andy asking Doc Hayward if he can take his sperm test again. Like, he's like... Yeah. Well, Is it the, the doctor's type? always at the sheriff's office. <laughs> yeah, it happens. perfect time. And always yeah. has a green vial to hold some kind of sample in. You guys were very. <laughs> Melissa did not think that was accurate that a doctor would have like a sample vial. I thought it, it was, was pretty a believable. Small vial though, like, I think it's, yeah. Very, well, this was like, before plastic was. How much? Everywhere. I would say this. this it was is, the '90s. Plastic was always you know, everywhere. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would say that he's kind of like an old timey doctor who yeah. carries his uh, medical bag around with his him. Kit. Yeah, his kits. It is like the same black bag that's very small, <laughs> and yet he has so much stuff in that. Everything he has. Everything. everything. In there. And All he's like, I love, Andy's so great. And he's like, is it the type of test you can take over <laughs> like a driver's test? <laughs> Which means we know he failed his driver's test <laughs> right? the first time. <laughs> and like, the, the Doc Hayward's just like, I'll need a sample right now, Andy. So it's go like, for I it. I can't fuck around with you, like, coming into the office. I'm here. I'll be in the car. You masturbate in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Let me know how uh, it goes. Speaking of uh, the whole test the sperm test that Andy takes. I have my burn list. Burn oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. that's burn list. Yeah. The only burn I found There weren't as many week, burns these two episodes. But it's from Lucy. Because there's no uh what's that guy's name? Sorry. I know <laughs> Yeah, Rosenfeld. Yeah, no Rosenflower. But uh Lucy says to to Andy, Deputy Brennan, I thought you preferred the company of your magazine. Wow. You can't see this, listeners, but I'm so turned on by the fact that Pat just did the greatest Lucy impression ever. It's pretty amazing. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, the the tension is off the charts right now. (laughs) That was really good. We'll have to do dueling Lucy impressions, because I do Lucy impression, too. Deputy Brennan. Okay, we're going to get into it. (laughs) That's me and Pat just wearing blonde, curly wigs. Our next Comic-Con outfit. Our next Halloween outfit. I was just going to say your next Sunday. (laughs) Tomorrow night. Guess what's happening. Just dueling Lucy's. Ooh, another good band name. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite parts, this is skipping to 2-4, but just want to make sure I cover it. Not important at all, but the shot they take in the Bang Bang Bar in between depositions is called a Black Yukon Sucker Punch. (laughs) Um, Judge Sternwood suggests it to Cooper and Harry, and it's this really cool looking shot that has green and black, and I maintain Black Yukon Sucker Punch would be like the greatest band name. Don't tell. I was gonna use that for Sorry. my next band. Damn it! <laughs> Don't use that. Out. Yeah. Um, so really, really good stuff there. Finally, Delicious. we get Jean Renault. Renault comes to the Great Northern Jean and Jean Renault. My name is Jean Renault. Um, shows Ben the video of Audrey. Who's the and actor tells- from Kill Bill who played yeah. the sheriff and the Mexican pimp? He t- mm. He's very versatile in those two movies. He tells uh, Ben, don't worry about your premiums, though. Like, right. 
Your premiums are fine. Oh, yeah, Ben's like, but... are my premiums about to go up? <laughs> yeah. Nope, not your premiums. Just but your I have daughter. your daughter, and I want your uh, brothel and casino yeah. for her. Interesting. <laughs> you know, I've, I've explored the relationship between Ben and Audrey quite a bit, and Ben certainly does have an actual reaction to seeing his daughter in this video, you know, tied up and drugged up, and it does seem like that reaction is that he is upset to see this. But I do think there's a little part of, like... He, that's a possession and a prized possession that was taken from him mm. and it's a sign of disrespect and it's a sign, of, like Audrey's a symbol just like his other wealth is a symbol and I'm not sure that I totally buy it's like genuine fatherly affection because he's very right. cavalier about his, his, you know, path that he takes to get her back. Like, yeah. So Jean says, you know, here's what we want. We want the money, and I want Cooper to bring it to me. Well, he so she shows the video of Cooper at One Eye Jackson says, I want this man to this bring the money because yes. he wants Cooper to be murdered. Yep, yep. That's so because Cooper didn't murder his other brothers, but if anyone actually he's listens, responsible. For I would, if there's any listeners to our podcast, whatever, whatever year this is that you're listening to this. <laughs> please, please email us at Laura Palmer is dead podcast at gmail.com and let us know if we should be doing this much like story rehash or less because I feel like we spend a lot of our podcast time story rehash like I, I figure our our listeners might have just watched this episode and they're like yeah I know that's or what they watched it 25 years ago right and then well, they that's why I'm, like a little I'm not saying we should change anything yet I'm saying we want we need feedback that's all I'm saying you're that's directing in the middle of an episode even I know that's <laughs> that's <laughs> all I'm good at that's a don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's it's like, it's interesting to me, and I'm always trying to get a feeling for, is Ben, like, genuinely upset about Audrey? I mean, he is. I think he's upset that he that she's missing. But is it more to do with, like, the, 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 the like, fatherly. fuck you to his status or the fatherly concern? Yeah. yeah the, the, you're, I think I agree with what you're saying about his character, which is his character, as we've seen it, would be more concerned. Mm-hmm. With, like, the status and not that it's his daughter or this... Right. Like, basically, like, the, the one long scene they have together, like, it's very icy, like... Yeah. They don't have, like, a good relationship. They don't have a good relationship. His daughter. He'd probably be happy in a lot of ways if she was taken care of, just to be out of his life. Right. His yeah, and it, it's just, it's weird, and I get very upset because, of course, I love Audrey, that, like, everybody's being so calm about her being missing. <laughs> We're in a town where a young girl her age was just brutally murdered, and now she's kidnapped, and the men are just being, Uh, like, very chill. Everyone. I think Ben said in a few episodes past, like, she's gone missing for a few days uh, before, time to time. But you haven't gotten a video of her, like, tied up and... Oh, I know, I know. (laughs) At that point, obviously. Yeah, and then they still have a beer, as Kelly pointed out. It's really weird. It's like, we just saw this video of this girl kidnapped, but... We've got time, Cooper and Truman, to just right. have a leisurely beer at the yes. Roadhouse. It is, it is funny. like, yeah. what I found weird was, so, Ben has Cooper come in and was like, I know, and it was very manipulative. Yeah, so where manipulative. Where it was like, well, I know, like, you like my daughter. You have a special relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you should deliver the money. And right. And like, have you called the cops about this? Right. They told me not to get police involved, and they're like, I'm "Which not is what the they eye. always say." <laughs> mm-hmm. And Cooper, Cooper, I love watching. And and Tom, you've said this before too. Like whatever negative things you might have to say about Twin Peaks, it never extends to Kyle McLaughlin. I mean, he's yep. pitch perfect. That is true. <laughs> and like, pitch perfect it, is the pitch perfect way of putting it. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's the nothing that he could do better. And in the scene where. Ben calls him in and he watches the video of Audrey. Like, his... The way he watches that video is perfect. Because his eyes are like... He looks icy, but you can tell there's just so much going on underneath right. that. That he's, he's like, angry, shut down. But... Yeah. Like, he doesn't even know cool. how to begin. And so, this this plot line of Audrey being missing somehow builds... Because we were talking about, so shipping Audrey and Cooper versus shipping <laughs> Cooper and Harry. <laughs> and even I will say that if I had to choose, if they're both Sophie's Choice style right here in front of me, I'm going to take 
Harry and Cooper, because that's the greatest. Well, I think, uh, yes, I think we story. wanted uh, we wanted this uh, the orchids curse to open with uh, Harry in bed with Coop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the episode ends with them drinking at the bar. Yeah. So they're both hung over in bed. So Cooper says <laughs> to Harry, like, after finding out that he needs to do this whole kidnapping exchange, he's like, hey, Harry, I need your best man from the bookhouse, yeah. boys. And then Harry is like, <laughs> oh, I know the perfect guy. I got the guy. And we're I all like, the guy is it James? <laughs> is it Hawk? Big Ed? Could it be Hawk? Big Ed? <laughs> Who's, Who's the best bookhouse boy? <laughs> Who's your most reliable bookhouse boy? So they meet at the Bang Bang Bar and... Which Bang Bang Pie Shop clearly inspired by here in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Low and, and it has the same like little gun thing, doesn't it? As like the Does little... It? I think it probably... No. Okay, I made that up. We'll find out. But <laughs> biggest moment of bro sexual high. tension is when they're at, like, Harry shows up at the bar and is like, Coop's like, Harry, I thought you were going to send your best man. And Harry's like, he's here. And Coop's like, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, they love Where's each other. Yeah. They love each other. And then they're like, you got me. Fuck like Audrey getting addicted to heroin piece by piece. That's right. wasted Wait. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, do we have time Witnessing. for a beer? witnessing murders left and right because well as you pointed out Kelly they might not know where she was at that point right but they I mean like I feel like One Eyed Jax was mm. a really good a solid lead yeah they know that this is like basically human trafficking happening there there's literally nowhere else where anything yeah. bad happens so the and only yet thing I can think of is that it's on the Canadian side of the border and that's why they can't right. just watch an immediate Raid. Right, and you, that's actually very smart, Tom, and I didn't pick up on that yeah. when I watched it the first time. I was like, what is the holdup here? And well, it drove me crazy. Well, Coop f- uh, figures it out at the beginning of the Orchid's Curse when he sees the letter yes. as he's doing a headstand. Yes, because he's hung over um, from his night of drinking with Harry. So he does some Buddhist headstands. <laughs> yeah, and finds to, uh, Audrey's letter. Yes. Which, the housekeeping has just left on the floor this entire time. Which, it is hazy to me how many days have passed where Audrey's been missing. Right. It feels like it can't be, like, that many. Right. Like, maybe, like, three. I just want to be like, nobody cares about Audrey. Literally, Donna and company are snooping about. But nobody's like, you know what's weird? That classmate of ours, Audrey, has actually been missing for, like, a week. No. Like, it's that, that's it's a problem. at least three days. Yeah. Three to five days, I'd say, at this point. Yeah. But it's hard to tell. Nobody goes to school in the Twin Peaks <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. So that's... So, other yeah, plot, could plot it be lines. Break? Do we know what season it is? It always looks like fall. I yeah. feel like it's always yeah, fall. Yeah, the seasons don't really change. <laughs> well, no, we, never mind. I think it's the spring, though. They're wearing so. coats and stuff. Yeah. But that could just be for snooping purposes. <laughs> so, like, we're... Yeah, Archer talks about inventing the black turtleneck for espionage, so, but I think we all know where it comes from now. Oh, uh, God. Donna? Harry <laughs> and Cooper yeah. look so great in their snooping outfits. Or That's Maddie with her cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's two snoops going on in both these episodes. There's the Harry Cooper going to One-Eyed Jacks to save Audrey snoop. And then there's Donna, Donna. and Maddie snooping at Harold Smith. Harold Smith. Because yes. he has Laura's secret diary. It's, like, exhausting to even explain that plot because I hate it so much. Oh, it just... <laughs> like, every time Mr. Smith, I forget his first name, and I just get <laughs> a flashcard of everyone's That's, name, so... good enough. Yes, oh my god, I was gonna say, listeners, if you've noticed Tom being more on the ball with names, it's because Melissa made this PowerPoint. That I haven't really is... studied it yet, so maybe my brain's just catching up to where we're... <laughs> By season 2-4, I've... I've... Gotten most of the names down. You're getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. Uh, it's, the it's a thing of week. beauty. Sophie I always trouble with. Shelly. <laughs> there is She'll no, always be Sophie there is no Sophie. There is no Sophie. could be a Sophie. Oh, okay. We do have a listener yeah. challenge for you. So we're all we're all super cool. And we're fans of X-Files Next Gen, Star Trek Next Gen, and Twin Peaks. And we we're trying to figure so out... You said X-Files Next Gen, Star Trek Next Gen. Oh, yeah. X-Files Next Gen. X-Files, Star Trek Next Gen, and Twin Peaks. And there are many cast members who are in two of those series, but we're trying to think if there's anyone who is in three. So some actor who is in X-Files, Star Trek The Next Generation, 
and Twin Peaks, because they would be the 90s hair Pacific Northwest champion of all champions. <laughs> because be prepared yeah, for our Star Trek Next Generation podcast that will be coming coming soon. Soon. Because people just haven't been able to get enough of the sweet sounds <laughs> of these four voices. I think most people just together. feel like Twin Peaks about it how I did until this episode. Right. Was... My goal is just to win Tom over to the point where Tom's like, No, Twin Peaks is is over? No. You can't handle it. By the end of this you'll be watching rewatching the season. Seasons over and over yeah. and over. I'm really excited for the next yes. gen podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Tom when we're watching the new season to be like, everyone shut up <laughs> like, in, in our apartment. Like just That would be a role reversal everyone right. <laughs> Yeah. We watched the X Files new season and Tom and I nearly came to blows because he was talking and I could not handle it. And I was like, shut Apparently up. Tom. Kelly nearly, I had no idea Kelly was that close to blows, but <laughs> Oh, other people in the room did. It was just I was, Tom. To be fair, I was like, oh no. A week Kelly's later, so mad at us. I had like a deadly kidney infection, <laughs> which I probably had at that time and didn't realize it. But yes, I was really, really mad. See, every time you say that, it sounds like you're blaming me for the kidney Right. Tom, thanks. If you had just paid more attention to X Files, I would never have gotten that and kidney so infection. so mad Shut that up. you got the kidney infection. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's how it happens. You gotta let shit go. Your fault. Okay, I want to just pivot, because when something upsets me, I just pivot to Audrey, to one of my favorite scenes in the show, period, which is, so Audrey's being held at, at One-Eyed Jacks, and she's all drugged up, wearing that same pink, like, oh, mock turtleneck sweater that is by now got to be pretty sweaty. <laughs> and, yeah. But Heroine she looks great. Heroin sweaty. Heroin sweats. And she's like drugged up and pulled into the boss's office and with Emery Battis and Renault, Jean Renault. Maybe I don't know, is Blackie No, Blackie's not there. And John's just like asking her if she's being mistreated and she says like Emery hit her. And Emery's like rambling on in this monologue about you know, reasonable people can always find yeah. a way to agree. And like we're seeing it from Audrey's perspective and the room's kinda tilting. And Jean's just looking at her in this creepy way, and he's like, that's not cool that Emery misbehaved to you. And just in front of Audrey, kills Emery. And then, like, yeah. hugs her. And she goes from this, like, high... Like, unfortunately, I'm sure everyone here knows what it feels like to be drunk and then sober up really fast because shit just hit the fan. And that's what happens with Audrey. She's, like, kind of spinning, and then all of a sudden she just starts, like, kind of, like, sobbing. That was one of my favorite misdirection shots we've seen so far, where, like, because I thought that he was pointing the gun at Audrey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's what they were trying to... You think for a second he shot Audrey. Yeah. Right. And then like, oh, that was was well done. I still don't understand, and we were talking about this... If Jean ultimately means to kill Audrey or not. Because he's kind of playing everyone. We don't know, yeah. He goes to Ben and he tells Ben on top of all this that the that One-Eyed Jax is being mismanaged. He's like, it's being run by pickpockets and thieves. And yeah. this could turn out well for everyone. Like, kind of like, hey, this this thing could end up with me being so the maybe, manager. Yeah, he was maybe trying to kill Blackie from the uh, from the start, and right. what, which he does. That's kind of what Blackie. I get. He does yeah. kill Blackie, but yeah, is he gonna kill? Like, Audrey is he ever then? gonna kill Audrey, or is he kind of like trying he, to make Audrey think he's the guy helping her yeah, through because, all this? Because he does tell Blackie, like, yeah, well. She's Don't worry dead. about how she's, I'm gonna kill her. She's gonna, I'm just gonna be gonna dead. Do yeah. it. I want to see a, a spin-off about Hawk's family life. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, probably Hawk. he's married to kids. That would be a lot yeah. of material right there. Hawk did even just him, yes. like with, at home with his parents, would be a good series. Hawk saves the day and is the hardest working member of the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department. Doing the the boring detective work. Right, it's like everyone else is yeah. having dreams. Be and, work. Right, and Hawk's like, well, you guys were having dreams. I filed a report with the, like... I find out there were no Robertsons who lived next to the Lelands like, in the forest, by the way. Like, Hawk is running around, interviewing people, yeah. and, like, tracking shit, and saving everything. There was cocaine here and there. And we got, well, yeah, let's just... Everywhere. He totally he saves, saves the day. Coopers and... Uh, Harry. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Harry and Coop try to keep the secret of rescuing 
Audrey, Audrey from Hawk and everyone else, but really just Hawk because why? So, why would they keep a secret from the one? Why do they keep I don't the know. secret from? Why do they keep the tracker? Why do they keep? Well, they're <laughs> out of the dr- best jurisdiction. Boy, really is it's, it's Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, right. this is yeah. That's, <laughs> that's true. Truman's just trying to prove himself as like the, the better man. But. Right. Why not? Why not bring in all the Bukowski boys? Like bring in Big Ed too. Yeah, you Big Ed's proved himself. He all, knows the lay of the land and one eye jacks. This podcast was almost called the best bookhouse boy. <laughs> it was just going to be an exploration of this. It it is. Let's rename it. Maybe we'll get more than one listener. Book- Maybe our parents will finally listen. Hey, parents, this is. Well, we got play. like thirty plays so far in episode one, but like, and then seven Don't on episode two. Don't reveal our ratings. Well, it, it's all part of internet history. We will get on iTunes, and that will really yeah. help because but all of my friends are like. Can I get it on iTunes? Yeah. Not yet, but soon. But, but soon. soon. Yeah. When you're listening to this, it'll be on iTunes. <laughs> True. So. This, I mean, they're already listening after we're, we're famous professional podcasts. Right, obviously. So it's fine. Yeah. yeah, none of us have fine. a day job anymore. We just go to confer- <laughs> Twin Peaks conferences, <laughs> dress like the log lady. Job. $70 an autograph, folks. <laughs> Pat and I just dress like Lucy. <laughs> All the time. We do Lucy accents. We do lo- dueling Lucys. It's our two-person Daffy show. Tappy to Brandon. <laughs> Neither of those guess, were good. No, that was good. Come on, that was good. <laughs> so... Lady porn for me is the whole scene with we you got Coop in his black turtleneck, you got Harry finally out of those ill-fitting khakis. And some nice straight leg jeans. Oh my god, he yeah. looks great. He looks nearly, so great. Nearly like uh, skinny, skinny jeans. jeans, yeah. Just basically a hipster. Doesn't right get now. too much movement. Though. Oh my god, he looks amazing. Those, I would say you can't like, get a wide angle. You can't get yes, <laughs> a wide angle. Cut off, like, I'll always say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at the lunges I'm doing here. Like they do, just look so good going through one-eyed jacks. And what I love is Cooper, when in doubt, just goes with real politeness. He finds Blackie's sister and just says, can you please lead me to Audrey Horn? And just shakes her hand and then pulls her aside. Like, he's just like, I'm and just going to ask nicely and get what I want. And then she does, right? Right. Sort of, well, or does he just like push? Yeah, like, he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she tries to stab him with a knife and he does a good move. Yeah. Just punches her. Yeah. A no-look punch in the gut and then the... Well, it's a no-look grab and then he what was turns it? around and punches her. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Right in the baby maker. Audrey's all tied up. Right in the ovaries. Right there. Audrey's all tied up and drugged up. So Cooper just fireman's carries her over the shoulder. Like it's just all about Audrey's butt. Beautiful. Like, right beautiful. next to his face. And it looks like they're about to be killed when Hawk Tomahawks. I'm not, I can't make that up. I wish I was. Some sort was of Indian of machete type. Some sort was of it? Indian machete. There's like, it? There's like it a name for like it. seemed like more of a Native knife. American. But he like threw it tomahawk style. Was he a large, absolutely did. Large knife. It's maybe. like a coconut splitting knife. It's like what you would use yeah. if you were shopping. It's more machete It's like a machete, yeah. yeah. It, was, with, it wasn't a full-size machete, but it was more in the vein of a machete. With like a X. With and like he an looks antler. great, too, in his casual clothes, yeah. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> another Canadian like, tuxedo, although it's yeah. Native American tuxedo. Yeah, he's got like a nice sweater. Did like, they, they all look pattern, great. Some Native yeah, American Yeah, kind of like the one that I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah to, so that you can also play dress up as Hawk. This is all there is a lot, a lot of role play. Yeah, too much information Sorry, about guys. the down bedroom <laughs> happening. All different Chevron <laughs> patterned sweaters. <laughs> we were. Sometimes with wigs, sometimes without. Anytime sometimes with I see Chevron. Sometimes without. Right. No one knows. I just assume that that means that they're huge Twin Peaks, which you found out that that's not necessarily the case at the restaurant that we go to. That I said the bathroom was Twin Peaks oh, yeah. inspired. It was just zigzag. But he was a fan, though. <laughs> he, but yeah, I, but he definitely didn't have it in mind when he did it. I mean, right. I mean he's not, yeah. not, not consciously. Wasn't yeah. purposefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Want to talk about some important stuff here. Lucy explaining her relationship with Andy to Cooper. Three things that explain, because I'm sure we've been thinking up to this point, like, Lucy, why aren't you just with Andy? You guys are perfect. And she says, he never exercises. (laughs) 
He never washes his car, and he doesn't even own a sport coat. Lucy Stand could have been raised by my parents because that was like the list they were trying to check off with me every step of my oh, life. Now, listeners, I can coats. tell you that Tom doesn't own a sport coat. <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't I know. Shit, I didn't bring your sport coat. Oh, yeah, yeah, I left one at your I apartment. Thanks very much. I have Tom's sport coat. He did. All of this. Now, wash my car. <laughs> said all of this while wearing orange lipstick. The brightest is really orange. Yeah, really cool lipstick. And can someone also <laughs> relating to the costuming of everyone why the ranch look is really big? Are there a lot of ranches in Seattle, Tacoma area? It's a logging town. It's a mill town. Like there's like, no stairs. Is it supposed to Oh, wait, what are we talking about? Wait, no, ranch, ranch, like there's no stairs, or ranch, like, like cowboys? Cowboys. Ranch cowboys. Oh. Yeah, there is a lot of cowboy yes. like cats. I mean, it could be the households. <laughs> like, it could be single-level homes. I feel like, like wait, when you live in a town that's, like, industry is dominated by one profession or one business, like... You have to dress like a cowboy. It, well, it becomes yeah, the a look of, of the... Never mind. <laughs> but it's like a very like Sid comes in, oh, and she looks Sid. like she has frayed pants. Like she has fringe pants. Like she's wearing those things. It's chaps. a good question. Chaps. Yes, she is. So Sid yeah, is the law clerk to um, to the, the judge. Who judge. Cares what his name yeah, is. but but interesting about Sid I've always felt like she would be a good person to have a spin-off series spoilers you never hear from Sid again okay. like she's just uh, in this she the she's the lady? no she's the one the who's like the ver- who coops kind of like who is she like she comes in with the weird jacket nope and the chips Tot- totally miss it right <laughs> they think that he that she's married to the judge and she's like wife and it's like no forty year old yeah, yeah like I must be getting pizza during that. We're scene. gonna hitch up to the timber room and dine. <laughs> yeah, but like Sid, I I really think like could have a fun spinoff series where oh. her and Judge Stern would just travel yeah. the country. <laughs> well, they and are go on trial. They do travel in a Winnebago everywhere. Yeah, to the various yeah. small towns in Washington. So in further domestic abuse jokes, there's <laughs> like two in this episode. Yeah. Like Judge Sternwood says to Andy, like, you've got the look of someone who's got Philly troubles. When they won't take the saddle, there's two options, which is comparing women to horses who won't be broken in, which is like you basically shoot them or like put them out <laughs> to pasture. Not funny. And then there's this like, Bad comedic subplot with Bobby and Shelley and yeah. Mr. Pinkle, the like <laughs> insurance guy. Really, that's really sad that I know his name. That's like they're so trying to sell medical equipment, and he's like, "You gotta be tough with these things. You gotta treat it like it's a woman." Like they love yeah, to make little domestic like, abuse jokes. Smashes it's still the, the nineties. Yeah, it's still the nineties. Like they're like, nah. yeah. Really <laughs> One thing I will say is sometimes when Twin Peaks tries to do, like. Comedic relief. It doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work, (laughs) unless Kyle McLaughlin's involved and there's stools like the scene last (laughs) week. But like it just, it's too much. So we've got yeah, I like it. We've got the traveling judge. Um, Everything else has to deal with Donna and Maddie trying to steal the diary. Yes, which is just annoying. I know a lot of. Diary. There's yeah. some troublesome stuff with Donna in these two episodes that I don't quite understand. I mean, first of all, it's like, is she actually into Harold Smith or not? Right. I think she is, actually. I think she is she, a little bit, too. I think she is, only because he gives her attention. Yeah. yeah. And because yeah. James st- seems to be getting Maddie more attention, so he's like, no. she's like, no. She also has a weird view of what love is yes i thought she'd love james but she's like i don't know we never said we were exclusive and then she's telling (laughs) that read to me like false bravado i think she was trying to seem like we have to remember she's in high school she's trying to seem mature she's trying to seem intellectual like i can just picture myself saying some dumbass thing like that at 16 and then when 
so Mr. Smith starts writing Donna's diary, which is super creepy. Because also Donna hasn't had anything happen to her. You know, no, like he's writing it like she's dictating it. Right. Oh, yeah. Donna. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He is very into diaries. Like <laughs> that is his obsession. Like, yeah, I took a Laura's note. diary. His own diary. He's got a whole secret case full of them. Oh, diaries. It looks like they're all just diaries. Yeah. With Harold Smith, you kind of get the idea. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the hero of the story, but I also wouldn't (laughs) be surprised if he was, like, the type of... I I thought he was the killer by the end of this episode. Right. Because he... He scratches his face with the... What's that horror movie where they sew the people together? What's that called? Oh, Centipede. Centipede. Like, I feel like he could be that. Like, don't you get the idea that he could do that? Like, he could be like, I find pretty young women and sew them together after I've taken... Because he's like, it's part of my living novel. And I want to be like, your living novel where you, like, have people that are aligned in your basement that like tell you you just with him you just get a very creepy sense yeah very creepy but But while she was while Donna was dictating her she was 14 and she was hanging out with these 20 year olds and someone gave her her first kiss yep she's like (laughs) that's when I fell in love and I was like I just wrote down really like, yeah. How really... many times has Donna fallen in love? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> she qualifies it the first time. That was the first right. time I fell in love. Right. But I mean, so. you're a teenager and I, I get it. No, I it get it. Sense. Like, it I think about, sense. like, my first kiss and I probably created that much of a story around it, too. I mean, everything's eye that roll. dramatic. Melissa's eye rolling right now, left and right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is... So, Tom, what's your verdict? That monologue of Donna's where she's talking about the skinny dipping. I was asking Tom, like, I can never tell if I think oh, yeah. she did a great job or a terrible job. Like, on oh, the one okay, hand... So that, I, I thought you were asking for my reactions to her reaction to what he was doing. But the yeah, the whole, I don't know, it didn't leave much of an impression on me. Well, what's weird is, like, you know she was told to get up and start dancing. And I, I don't know. Obviously, again... I'm a failed actor, so I can't really, like, make judgment about it. But I always hated when some director would be like, now, as you're describing the story, I want you to stand up and start living it. Because that just isn't how people in the world talk. You're not, like, telling a story and you start, like, living it. Well, you sound like the actresses I had when I was taking my directing class. And I would say to you... That's heightened theatrical reality, blah, blah, blah. Bingo. Agree. <laughs> and so she does a good job of that. So I can picture well, her getting this direction. <laughs> I can picture Laura Flynn, Bo- Lara Flynn Boyle getting this direction and doing a good job of something that I think is challenging, which is like you're telling a story and acting it out and trying to make it seem conversational but also theatrical and kind of noir and interesting. And you're like a 27-year-old playing a 13-year-old or whatever, or 17-year-old. 17-year-old. So I think she does yeah. a decent job. But it does feel weird, and it didn't but ever quite also, land for me. Audrey has those dance scenes. Laura has those dance scenes. So it's That's starting true. to make Leland like has those dance scenes, right? So it's starting to bring Donna into the same realm as like the Ooh, that's other a good characters point. too, where it's just like. What? I'm just feeling this And see, I'm so cynical, I just take it like creepy David Lynch being like, it turns me on to have these girls doing these sexy dances. I mean, that could be too, but he's done it across the board. That would make a lot of sense for what I've seen of David Lynch's personality on screen. Right, and it works with, like, Sherilyn Fenn, for some reason to me, when she's in the Dumbledore Diner and just starts dancing, it's weird, but it's like, yeah, Audrey would totally do that. She's that person. But Donna, it doesn't work. Because Donna's whole character for me has been like, Donna's the girl next door. Donna's totally serious. She takes everything way too, you know, she's very stalwart and steady. And, like, they're trying to turn her into something. And to me, it's like, we already have the sexy character. Why are we, like, recasting Donna? And I honestly think it's because Lara Flynn Boyle was starting to get big and wanted to have more of the, like, sexy scenes. And that's right. why it doesn't land for me. But at least they make it, like, this season her character has changed. James has talked about mm-hmm. how weird Donna's been. Yeah. Right. James so, can't take that. <laughs> right. The, also, I guess I'm The dangerous really... Donna. He okay. can't take the dangerous Donna. She's smoking now. Right. Like, Sherilyn Fenn basically has said in a lot of interviews, like, Lara Flynn Boyle was like, 
kind of jealous of Cheryl and mm-hmm. Finn and was like, I want to be the sexy character now, so blah, blah, blah. I mean, she has what, a what great complexion. What so. was it? Yeah, one of the... Laura Flynn Boyle. Well, Laura Flynn yeah. Boyle was dating Kyle MacLachlan. Yes. They wanted to make Sherilyn Fenn... They wanted to make Audrey and Cooper a thing. And Kyle MacLachlan was so smitten with Laura Flynn Boyle that he would start coming into rehearsals being like, I don't think Cooper would want to be with Audrey. That isn't right. And, uh, like, it was, was clearly, like, too? Laura Flynn Boyle yep. told him to say that. And, like... So they put the kibosh on Audrey and Cooper because of Lara Flynn Boyle yeah, and kind yeah. of like sexed up Donna and victimized Audrey in this season because I feel like Lara Flynn Boyle was like, Kyle, make me the hero now that we're dating. Like, that's the story. I And that's probably not fair. And Lara Flynn Boyle, if you're listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. Give the real story. But that's how it feels <laughs> to me. It feels like all of a sudden no. there's like this I unnecessary don't, change. I, I don't think they changed Donna's. I don't think they changed didn't, her. Yeah, but line. like they de. I think. Yeah, if they're trying to make her sexy, it's not working. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's just watching a diary man and with Right, a like Audrey's unconscious and she's still sexier. Like, <laughs> yeah. she just is like, like naturally sexier. It's just like she's turned into, oh, I'm just like this naive schoolgirl to, I'm going to be like this. Like go to feminine Patel type thing, though my hair's really frizzy. Like, right. Super frizzy. I do wanna say and I <laughs> more and more and more love Cheryl Lee who plays Laura slash Maddie. Like she does a really great job of being like, I am so sick of you, Donna and <laughs> James. Like she's like going mm-hmm. along with everything but being like Wait, I thought that you and James were together. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Maddie is just annoyed at this point. I love it. Well, there was, yeah, there was one scene where Maddie's getting coffee at the Double R yep. Diner, and James is like, why are you getting coffee? Like, And she's like, ugh. Well, I can't even deal with you. <laughs> yeah, right. but it was her steakhouse. Why coffee. is he so, like, intrusive? Like, she puts into, like, yeah, yeah. Life, he's like, like she can't get a cup of coffee, and yeah. without being like, like, "Fuck you, James!" Like, you know, some not some everything's of, about you, James. <laughs> right? I'm gonna put my two coins down on the counter, get this large cup of coffee, and walk out of here. Right? Gonna, I'm with Donna now, James. <laughs> yeah, it is Girl true power. that like Maddie. Also, what happened? Well, I guess because she's kidnapped. But I was gonna say what happened to Audrey and Donna, like being like Nancy Drews together. Yeah. Like that didn't go anywhere. Kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> Kidnapped. Yeah. Yes, yes, that put that put the damper on heroin it. Heroin addiction. Oh, so brutal with the heroin addiction. But heroin prison. Yeah, annoyed Maddie is one of my favorites because she's just. It is kind of like we need a reason for Maddie to stay in this town because there isn't. Like the funeral's over. That is very true. Like you've gone above and beyond any kind of niece duties to your aunt and mm. uncle. Like. They do. You're just a they, bur- let them grieve now. Go home. They do. Like, they do have her sitting with um, Sarah Palmer at the trial. Yes. With which kind of? But then it, it makes sense. But like, okay, she so, shouldn't be there by now. She didn't know right. Lillian was gonna go murder people. She's only making things true. worse. Yeah. Also by like being around and looking exactly like Laura. Like <laughs> she knows she does. You know, she's mm-hmm. just making things. Like, you might have watched Bewitch at one point. It's weird. Right. Rude. <laughs> like, you know this, Pat, from being my husband, but, um, like, I am very, very close with my Aunt Leslie, who's not listening to this podcast. Love you, Aunt Leslie. She's, like, second mom to me, super, super close to her, but I know if she lived in a small town of Twin Peaks and this was her life, I would know when to go back to Missoula, and Maddie doesn't know when to go well, back I don't to know. Missoula. When you mention it like that, I'd say you probably would stay with Am your... I Maddie? Am I just you not might, realizing this? You might actually, actually stay Maddie? with Aunt Leslie. <laughs> wow. Leslie you you convinced me, me otherwise. Yeah. Leslie, yeah. let us know what you think I would do, but... <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be more painful for me to be there. I don't know. You know, with when Aunt Leslie's beautiful daughter, who looks exactly the same as me, <laughs> is murdered, to like stick around her beautiful blonde daughter, <laughs> the blonde version of Kelly. Only Aunt Leslie had a blonde daughter. <laughs> right. Like, she has two sons, yeah. which you know she wanted a daughter. Oh. 
Sorry, David oh, and Phil. <laughs> not listening. That's the great thing about your family not listening. You can say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> I have some things to say. Yeah. I have some things but to yeah, say. But yeah, why Maddie's still there. But she just sticks around. Doesn't and matter. She just she is. stays matter. about. Yeah. And sneaks. And she does a very bad job of sneaking. She had to sneak around to one bedroom apartment. That had two oh, God, yeah. points of interest, which is a bookcase and some orchids. <laughs> right. Yeah, which, <laughs> and, like, like, yeah the, couldn't figure it out. That we whole, should really map this out, guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. That whole plan was so stupid. Please, Melissa, map it. Like, why didn't Donna? Why couldn't Donna just steal the diary? She had, she had to, to seduce Mr. Smith. She had to flash the flashlight right. to get Maddie to come in, and then. And Which it makes me wonder. The, does she ever just look ask case. him for the diary? He yes, yeah. she does. Because she says like, "I'll I'll give you my life. I'll tell you my story, but you have to give me like pieces of Laura's diary." Yeah. Which is like. That's Not why a, she tries to like grab it and run outside, and then he tries to chase after her, and then has a panic attack, and like yeah. he's like, "I'm uh, sorry, like here's your diary back. I don't want to." Well, she should have just this. taken it and let him have a seizure on the stoop. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, that is a she good should point. have. She should have. Yes. She's willing to be totally, totally destructive, but like then feels bad. But when he does, always yeah. the second fiddle, and she wants to be the first. Fiddle. You know what? That's so a good she's point. Like, well, this guy actually likes me, and like. I don't think Laura did this guy, so maybe this could be, like, my new boyfriend. It's true. She's kind of... And I can relate, you know, like, when you have the, like, hot girlfriend who, like, all the guys are into and you're, like, the sidekick, it it is rough. And, like, Donna has had that her whole life with Laura. I mean, like, she's always been... Right. Even though... Her last Even though week she... She's prettier she than Charlie. I mean, like... <laughs> oh, yeah? I don't think so. I think Lara Flynn Boyles, but they're well, both beautiful women. It's, a it's just of like opinion. it's that thing with girls where like the confident girl gets more attention. Always. She dates snake though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some sure. people date snake and some people date bopper, and you know <laughs> which one you are. <laughs> you're either the one who dates snake or dates bopper. And if you date bopper, you're also doing a bunch of other guys on the side. Right. You talk about your weird, sexy fantasies with a shut in. That you deliver meals on wheels with. Right, which she's having meals on wheels, but drinking, like, oh. Chardonnay. And then I love when Harold's like, should I read something from Laura's diary? Seems appropriate. Like, saying, like, <laughs> should I read you a sonnet? Like, yeah. seems, like, and then he reads a section that's very, like, creepy about seems Laura like saying, like, I wish I could tell Donna how I just want to be, like, abused by big burly men and that yeah. turns me on and then he's like sorry should I not have picked this section and it's like you calculatedly <laughs> delivered this section on purpose yes yeah. yeah, he knows that sorry as if like it was a random section that he right. chose no surprise <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. how about this he's flipping through it oh how about mm, this uh, one right he, here yeah we've established that he reads the, like this is his bible he knows yeah. this he, he knows it inside front to back yeah. well and he says I've read this cover to cover there are no right. answers here which yeah, I think is a yeah. really that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah. good plot point um, and I, it's another piece of like albeit heavy handed kind of the duality of the people in Twin Peaks like I love Donna. Like, Laura's saying, I really care about Donna, but would she still be my friend if she knew who I really was? And I want to be like, Laura, I'd still be your friend if you like S&M. Like, what? why is that such a big deal? But I guess... It was the early 90s. It was they, different, and they are teenagers, time. too. So. That's true. I guess, yeah. I guess, but I, I don't know. It's hard to think of them as A lot of slut-shaming in high school. But, yeah. <laughs> I had a friend who, like came out to me about being gay by, like, this weird analogy about how he thought, he's like, you know how I should like Coca-Cola, but, like, I like Dr. Pepper, and I'm like, what? Teenagers <laughs> 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 are weird. Like, teenagers yeah. <laughs> are weird. But generally, I feel it's like there's not much you could tell me that I'd be like, I don't want to be your friend. But that's probably my my thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a lot of... Your thing is being a decent person. <laughs> Way to go. That's my thing. Weird. Yeah, like... I guess I'm weird that way. I guess I'm weird that I just give everyone a chance for who they really are. <laughs> so judgy. Good call, Tom. Call me out of that bullshit. Um, 
Yeah. It's it, it is also interesting. I'm very torn by this monologue of Donna's where she's 13. The ages do 14. seem... Oh, 14, yeah. I mean, it, the ages do seem very 14, yeah. creepy. Like, a lot of stuff is happening in this small town that maybe I've got, like, city slicker ideals, but... Well, I when you not... think about it, though, she's supposed to be 17, and she's like, yeah. a long, long time ago. Yeah, that's It was really only three years ago, and... But... You know, three years seemed like a long time. It when does. When, when you're 17, true. three years point. is a long time. Right. And really, it's not that much difference between a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old now that we're That's very true. That. Yeah, so, age difference is so different when you're that it's age. the per- yeah. perception yeah, that it is now. Perspective yeah. of uh, like yeah. now, if I you mean, had fourteen to seventeen is a pretty big change, right? Like, it can be. It's a different yeah. light. You know, you're in different light. Exactly. But yeah. like, exactly. If we were, were what? I'm thirty three right now. Well, yeah, if thirty I was, to thirty three is nothing. But like, and if you're dating a forty three year old, it's not a big deal, right? Yeah. Or if you were dating a twenty three year old, wouldn't really be a big deal, like. No, it, <laughs> I know. I think that too, but uh, that's my nephew's age. So <laughs> super creepy. Yeah. Well, I always say I have more in common with your nephews than your brother. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So we also have Leo's competency hearing, which yeah, I think is trial. Yes. Yeah, two trials in a row. A, like knock him out, knock him out. <laughs> right in the bang bang room with the sawdust on the bang, floor. Bang bang, trial trial. <laughs> bang him out. Yeah, bang out those uh, hearings. <laughs> yes, Leo's competency hearing. He is seen as not competent enough to stand trial, which is, in Shelley's opinion, a good thing because she and Bobby are scheming to. Yeah, but she doesn't look so happy about it when she hears the news. Right. Because she knows that this is not good. <laughs> like, she, even though she's going along with Bobby's stupid plan, right. she, she could tell, she, like, she has this feeling and you see it in her face. Yeah, because... Like, this is not good. Here's the thing. What does Bobby like, know? It's like... Yeah, Bobby's a 17-year-old guy who just wants some money and is using his side piece as, like, well, yeah. her husband might be a vegetable, but Shelly's like, I'm going to take care of this guy, like... Right. Right. And it's also like for Bobby, if you're like, hey, Bobby, if I got you $50 a week, what'd you think of that? He'd be like, oh, good. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so Because, like, his parents are paying for everything, but (laughs) Shelly has, like, actual debt and responsibility. And she only has half a house because the other half, like, there's (laughs) just a tarp over (laughs) her ranch style house. Because Leo. It's all about the ranch style. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it, I love too how for Leo's trial, they have a giant headshot of Eric DeRay up, like, to be like, because he's such a vegetable, to remind you how handsome he is, (laughs) let's put this big black and white headshot of him. Like, just standing up here to be like, now he's not very smart, but he is handsome, so let's keep that in mind while we're trying him. What would the courts actually do with him? I don't know. That's what I, I don't mean, get. Would they, like, in what, capa- what, what capacity are you using here as, like, a defendant? Well, the, or Well, they're saying, yeah. and Daryl Ludwig does bring up a good point. He's like, a trial does more than, like... Uh, like prove the wrong guilty it brings a sense of closure to this town which it is funny that Daryl Ludwig is simultaneously saying why they should lock up Leland and saying why like it's important for the town to get a sense of justice about Laura Palmer like he's clearly just yeah in he either, just, well yeah he wants just doing his job in both cases but like yeah. You know, it's to bring a sense of closure to the town. That has there ever been a series about a traveling judge like you guys were talking? I don't know, but I think it'd be really cool. I'm gonna write that. That's a good spinoff series. I'm 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 taking that. (laughs) (laughs) Sid and Sternwood. No, it's not gonna be a spinoff. It's gonna be a new thing. But okay, traveling judge. Traveling judge. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Lady secretary. What in like rural Montana or something like that? Yeah, like the southwest, like the northwest, southwest. She's like a everything western. But rural, rural. Yeah, it has to be rural. Otherwise, there's no reason. Either up north or down south, someplace where it's just 
endless lands. <laughs> yes, which, you know, with a population of 51,000 plus, yeah, they wouldn't would. need. At least the county would have, like, Highland Park, where I grew up, has like 150,000 people, I believe. We don't have our own courthouse or uh, anything like that, but like the county does, you know, like right. we would go to Lake County. Court. Right. Yeah. We know, because we, we so got married in Lake County. <laughs> we thought we incorrectly tried to get our marriage license in Cook County, and it yeah. was a whole mistake. They, <laughs> the counties are very serious about which county, and they want you to yeah. use the correct color ink, and they want your officiant to sign Only their black. title as minister, <laughs> not officiant. Not officiant. <laughs> We, our marriage may or may not stand. God will recognize your union unless, uh, blue pens, guys, blue pens. (laughs) No, seriously, we got a call on our honeymoon from, like, the county of Lake. clerk. Being like, uh, we're calling about your marriage license. The ink was blue and the title was wrong for your officiant, so now we need to call them. So we're like, because he put officiant as his title, because he got ordained at the Church of the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> and like the girl who married my sister. Right, as friend. all good officiants should be. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, well, he needs to put like something like minister or rabbi. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, he's not. He's Jaime Suarez. Chose monsoon. <laughs> and, and then we had to, they're like, well, we're going to have to call him. So then I'm like frantically calling Esquire. him. <laughs> like being like, they're going to call you. You need to say that you married us. He's like at work being like, who is this? <laughs> like, just like... He was actually a captain on a ship. Captains can marry. Captains. But do you have to be on the ship for them to do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of Picard's greatest pleasures. <laughs> we'll talk about in our next podcast. Who did he marry on the well, Riker he and was, Troy eventually. Oh, right, yeah. Duh. Yes, yes. And Keiko and uh, Chief, O'Brien. Chief O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for Stay Star tuned. Trek. Although he never, he never saw, like, that Riker and Troy were a couple. Like, he, like, is always blind oh, to them. Oh, come on. He knew. He didn't know. He was, he was always close just enough like, to Riker. He was just like... He's uh, like, okay. Wait, before we, before we stop our podcast, let's, let's brainstorm some next-gen podcast <laughs> names. Or not. Still have to do with a little bit hmm. more from, like, uh, who's Mr. Tajimura? And Josie. <laughs> You're Josie's going over the Josie back. Josie is Josie's back. And our plot is super the boring. Podcast? Hey now, hey now. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Josie is the sexiest in this series for me now. Like, really? Because she doesn't wear any clothes. Yeah, it was super hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was his hot scene. Like, that was, was steamy. It? I mean, Josie and Harry hook up. I Josie one. ruins a perfectly well, because, good bathrobe. Josie's like, because Harry's Janice. like, hey, the mill caught on fire. You own this mill. Where were you? And she's like, look at my nakedness. Hey. She's like, Harry, yeah. no. <laughs> Baby, your Josie impressions are so offensive. <laughs> like, <laughs> Harry, just. Nope, just don't, my... don't do it. Don't not, he's do not even more. doing an accent, oh. though. He's just sort of... I know, but I just... I just... just rip it, Harry. It's not like... Like, whereas your Lucy impressions totally do it for me, your Josie impressions oh, oh, oh. me cold. Really that's your safe word, Josie. <laughs> yeah. It is, he's come there to investigate her, and like... And she's just like, no. She's like, Make no. Make out with me. He's, She's like, I told you I was scared of Catherine. He's like, yeah, and now Catherine's dead. dead. So, yeah. um, uh, red flag here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get your story straight. Where were you? There's Cousin Jonathan. There's a lot of stuff we don't really care about going on with Josie. Then he hooks. Then they hook up and he forgets. He's yeah, like, all right. Like, it's okay. We've got a lot of khaki on. But then right. we also find out that Asian man who is this Jonathan. cousin... Cousin Jonathan. Cousin Jonathan. Also, like, they've been plotting <laughs> something because he's like, so does anyone suspect you? Yeah. She's like, no. She's like, the sheriff is fine. I don't have feelings for him. And then... <laughs> and this like, is where I think they could have done a better job with Josie because they're, he's like, I don't know how you deal with these hayseeds. And she's like, I think she's supposed to suddenly sound much more intelligent 
And, like, she's suddenly supposed to be using a higher vocabulary, so we're supposed to, like, think she was kind of playing us with Uh, the, like, I don't speak English and I'm a little bit confused. But the actress doesn't do that and, like, misses an opportunity and it doesn't land. Like, you should talk about the weird, speaking of her, that actress's missed opportunities... The hug between her and Pete. Ooh, squiggly. Yeah, because like she's Kelly, comforting Pete. Yeah, yeah, Kelly and Melissa were saying like hey, that's weirdly sexual, but I was like, no, I think it's just they were both trying to like he's trying to be super sad and being not great yeah. at it, and she's just being kind of a bad actress. Yeah, and, uh, but he does. He buries his head in her like. Shoulder. Yeah, it's like a, there's a weird and they like twist around. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't get a sexy vibe off of it. Well, Pete, no, no, I agree. It's not. Yeah, I think no, you're it's right just, that it was it's just not like a weird, sexy, but it. Yeah, it was weird. It was bad acting. That's it was, I'm, I'm and and, it and like their relationship is totally odd and implausible. Like yeah. I know it's the nineties. Like father figure to her. Yeah, but it's her, it's her brother in law that she lives with, and and they're supposed to be very close. And his wife so dies, weird. and she's in Seattle, and he doesn't call her or say come back or like anything. She didn't and then she just that. comes back. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah. Who's in Seattle? Josie, Josie supposedly is in Seattle. Oh. So while the mill burned down, Catherine died, Shelly was all tied up. She was just <laughs> in shopping. Seattle shopping. But, yeah, it's a normal relationship. I, I, I think like you're, you're trying to ship where there is no possible. No, I'm ship. not shipping. I don't no. think that there's any sexual attraction. It's just like, okay, my brother-in-law, Brad, I love him, very close to him. If, God forbid, something happened to Megan and I was, like, the only living relative left for Brad, I'd be there in a heartbeat taking care of business. You know, it's family. And I, it's just weird. They live together. Yeah. They're close. Like, like, they go fishing. Touch. There's weird stuff. It's there's either little, too much or it's too a little. little. Weird. It's Their a little relationship weird. doesn't make sense to me. It just, it's, 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 it's walking around. I'll give you that. Yeah. It's just weird. It is a little weird. Uh, yeah. And then there's this Asian man, so now there's this whole, like, You mean Tojimura or Jonathan? Oh, there's so many. Tojimura (laughs) or Cousin Jonathan. So many C-plots going on. I know. And it's. Japanese and Hong Kong. These, these two episodes are like. Like the two big things that are happening. Not really Chinese, right? Yeah, I don't know what the term is. Just the people from Hong Kong. Um, is there? Is yeah, there? because no, they're Chinese. Hong Kong is. Well, they pro- they might not consider themselves Chinese though. Right, because there's... Hong Kong is separated from China. I mean, China well, that's because of Britain, though. True. Not because of. Uh... Yeah, right, right. we're just saying like what 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 would like we're Chicagoans. What would they say? Yeah. Yeah. You know Kong. who I want to give not a gnawing on the scenery award to, but a musical theater superstar <laughs> award to musical the actress superstar jazz hands. Um, to the actress who plays Louis the Concierge, there's a certain style yes, of yes. musical theater acting. Oh my god! Yeah. That is, it's it's a heightened, even worse acting than soap opera acting, and I can say that because I have a bachelor's degree in musical theater. Where it's like, I don't know, Papa, but someday I'm gonna run this plant like it was my job. Where every line you're saying is about to lead into a song, and this concierge at the Great Northern, Louie, who is a lovely African American woman, every line she says is about to lead into a song, and she's like talking about empty once the food credit can be like, especially if they pay in cash, and they cut out. But I get the feeling if they he's didn't coming. cut, he's coming. He's coming into our town. They'll pay in cash. They'll pay in cash. It's empty. What's this cup? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is, Tom. Thank you. It's like you read my mind He's there. Coming. It's true. Like I just have a bachelor's in regular theater, but, but you know. You know. I know. Those regular theater folks hate the musical theater folks. We're like the carnies to their like normal intensity. But like, yes, she is just working it, like working hard in all her scenes. Oh, that her is face is ten times bigger than anyone else's face. <laughs> Mr. Horn, Mr. Horn. That's saying something in this show. <laughs> right. Was, like she had a lot of big expressions in Twin Peaks. <laughs> she had seventeen lines, and she made the damn most of every one of them. Yeah. She oh, did. that's why she thinks other Asian man. Mr. Tojimura. She thinks yeah. Tojimura. Paid in cash. 
is the yeah. reason she why. She thinks he's empty once. Yeah. Maybe he is, listeners. Who's empty once? I know you want to know. You're going to have to tune in next week to find <laughs> out. Because yeah. we don't know. We don't know Those yet. are the only things. The last thing I would like to mention is... Lucy and her pregnancy and the smushmortion she might be getting. Maybe. Because first, Richard... Sometimes the can-do girls can't. (laughs) (laughs) Dick comes back into the picture and was like, I'm going to do the right thing. Here is $650. Which, wow, inflation, guys. Man. I mean, that would be like... Remember when you could get an abortion for $650? (laughs) I don't know how much it costs. <laughs> I feel like insurance should cover some of it. Yeah, we but I mean, not right in now. Twin Peaks. So, yeah, so not Dick in comes government. into the scene, offers <laughs> her an envelope full of cash. She gives it back to him, and then Andy finds out that she might be getting it's just more smorshkin. I know, we don't know. Because he, like, redials her number Yeah, she says that she's going to Tacoma to visit her sister. Who just had a baby. Right, and so while Andy's covering the desk, he sees the numbers, so he decides to tell Lucy that he has the whole town in sperm. (laughs) No, he's a whole town. Doc said it's not oligospermia. Doc says it's not just three men on a fishing trip, it's a whole damn town. And then he's like, I'm a whole damn town. And Harry just reacts like, that's great, bud. (laughs) You're a superstar. And then he calls the number to try and get a hold of Lucy, and it is an abortion clinic. Right. So, dun dun dun. Who's Tojimura? Is Lucy getting an abortion? We and don't whose know. baby is it anyway? Right, is it Dick's or Andy's? Find know. out next time on Laura Palmer is Dead, a Twin Peaks podcast. <laughs>